It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic can go 10 points clear if they see off Aberdeen in Glasgow this afternoon This comes after Rangers dropped points in a controversial and incident-packed night at Hibs And it's all happening in Lanarkshire with a derby in the top flight and docked points in League 2 I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me today in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans But let's go straight to Celtic Park and get team news ahead of the big one with Alison Conroy and Gordon Diel Good afternoon Gordon, as Neil Lennon makes his return to Celtic Park for the first time Time since returning as Celtic manager. It's two changes for Celtic from that win against Hibs in the Scottish Cup last weekend. In come Henderson and Tolian, out go Lustig and Edward. One change for Aberdeen from that draw with Rangers last weekend. Gary Mackay Stephen is the player who goes out, James Wilson, the player who comes in. So for Celtic, it will be Scott Bain in goal, a back four of Jeremy Tolian, Dedrick Bayata, Christopher Ayer, and Kieran Tierney. In front of them, it will be near Beaton and Scott Brown. Then three of James Forrest, Ewan Henderson and Scott Sinclair with Oliver Burke up top. On the bench for... Celtic this afternoon, De Vries, Henry, Hayes Edward, Lustig, Wea and Johnson. For Aberdeen, Joe Lewis in goal, a back four of Don Ball, Scott McKenna Andrew Considine and Max Lowe in the midfield, Greg Stewart, Graham Shinney, Lewis Ferguson and Connor McLennan up top, James Wilson and Sam Cosgrove. On the bench for Aberdeen Craddock, Gleeson, Halford, May Devlin, Campbell and Ross Gordon DL, we look at both these teams we'll start with Celtic first of all, two changes, Henderson and Tolyan, the players coming in yeah, um, uh, Neil's obviously decided to freshen up a little bit after a terrific result against Hibs at Easter Road and it'll be interesting to see the reception he gets here this afternoon. I'm sure this place will be packed to the rafters. Celtic fans want to you know, give him a good reception coming back to Celtic Park and uh, I'm sure Neil will be delighted but first and foremost they've got to win a game. Um, you look at this Aberdeen side and you look at, you know, maybe they've got one eye on Tuesday night because I do not fancy them to beat Celtic. And if Celtic do win and pick up the three points after the result of last night in Edinburgh with Rangers, then the league is totally over for me, Alison. Look at Aberdeen. They make the change. Gary McKay-Steven is the player who goes out. James Wilson is coming in. You look at that and you know that it's, it's a look ahead to that Scottish Cup replay on Tuesday night because Sam Cosgrove misses that game. Yeah, I think that weakens uh, Aberdeen. McKay-Steven uh, gives them the width, gives them the trickery, uh, can create things, can score goals. You look at James Wilson coming up from Manchester United to Aberdeen and they were expecting big things. I think he scored round about three goals. That is not enough for uh, a striker and he's going to be asked to lead the line uh, against Rangers for a place in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup on Tuesday night so he really needs to get a bit of confidence under his belt he needs to get out there and show that he can uh, produce on this big stage because you get two massive games coming up So that is your early team news from Celtic Park Gordon two changes for Celtic and the one for Aberdeen Rangers dropped the ball last night if Celtic win today 10 point gap opens up and as Gordon Diel said you can forget about any title winner other than Celtic however Celtic have to negotiate the game because if Aberdeen should win today then Celtic have dropped the ball and the gap between themselves and Rangers is actually cut by one point so the incentive is there for Neil Lennon he will get a tumultuous reception from the Celtic supporters but at 3 o'clock there's work to be done 
Yeah, I'm the same as the guys. Uh, it was a huge slip up from Rangers last night. I must say, a thoroughly entertaining game of football to watch, but no doubt about it, Rangers shot themselves in the foot by not taking their chances. Today, it's up to Celtic to do the work at home, and like you says, with Neil Lennon in charge, first time back at Celtic Park, there will be a great atmosphere. And I think the players seen that game last night now have the motivation and the know how to go and win this game, and that'll be a title over, uh, and then they can concentrate and and the cup competition coming up yeah no doubt uh, I think it was an opportunity for Rangers to cut the gap last night they didn't do it again uh, again it goes back to that mentality having so much of that first half it should have been done and dusted for me but Celtic will beat Aberdeen today uh, I can't see anything other than a Celtic win and some really good tasty fixtures you look at Dundee trying to get the points to get off the bottom you've also got the Lanarkshire Derby uh, and you've got Livingston and St Johnston and Patrick Thistle in the other division so there's plenty of good football to be had today uh, Gordon Dale, there are no real surprises when it comes to the Celtic team these days we know they've got options You know whether it is Odson Edward, whether it's Oliver Burke um, continued faith though to be shown in young Ewan Henderson Yes, um, and the young lad must be delighted, Gordon. Uh, he's just broken into the first team. He's he's produced here. He was man of the match the last time I was at Celtic Park. Played very, very well. Uh, get left out against Hibs. But he's one of these lads that uh, he looks so comfortable in the Celtic jersey. And with experience round about him, you know, especially his captain leader in there helping him, it works so well for him. Burke up front will really give uh, the Aberdeen back for a real test with his pace. I keep saying every time I've been at Celtic Park, they look a different side. And I don't expect anything different this afternoon against an Aberdeen team. I'm quite surprised that Derek's went with a full-strength team. I thought he maybe have just tweaked one or two things with uh, one eye. Because the most important thing for Aberdeen to get anything this season mm. is Tuesday night at Ibrox. Let's hear from both managers then. It's a privilege. You know, my privilege. And it means a lot to me. So I'm looking forward to the moment. But um, once the moment's passed, then full focus will be on the game I don't know if they'll have one eye on on Tuesday as well but knowing Derek you know he's a brilliant manager and he'll have something up his sleeve for us I'm sure again you know we've done a lot of work on Aberdeen and how they play against us in previous games and what we have to do to overcome what will be you know a difficult hurdle but if we win then it's just ticking off another game and going forward probably score one more goal than them would be the, the, the easy simplistic way it's trying to get the balance right between defending and attacking. You know, we recognise that when you play the better teams and Celtic being one of those is, you know, you've got to try and make sure you nullify their threats and make sure that the impact on from some of their players is, is less. Uh, but also carrying that threat. We've had two very tight games against them, I think, this season. Um, there's not been a lot in the games. Um, and I feel as though we have the opportunity with the players we have available is to, to believe we can win the game. Uh, let's continue going around the grounds then Because we do have big fixtures everywhere Celtic against Aberdeen is obviously massive In this part of the world What about the Lanarkshire Derby though Andrew McLean is watching Motherwell against Hamilton Yeah well the last time these two teams met Was right before the winter break And that proved to be the start of Motherwell's turnaround In league form really Including that game They've won six of their last eight matches in the league They've been rewarded for that good form as well this week Stephen Robinson winning manager of the month for February And Jake Hasty winning player of the month As for Hamilton well, They had a fantastic result 
importantly last time out against Aberdeen that 2 0 win up at Pitodre and they've picked up in their five games under Brian Rice seven points and that's a third of their overall tally in the league this season so things are looking good for them and I'm sure confidence will be high going into this one but when you look at previous Lanarkshire derbies it's a real mixed bag the last six games between these sides it's been three wins for Motherwell and three wins for Hamilton so you'd think anything could really happen in this one today as for team news it's unchanged for Motherwell from that draw against Kilmarnock they go with that 4-3-3 again Mark Gillespie in goal it's a back four of Liam Grimshaw Tom Aldred Charles Dunn and Richard Tate the midfield three Alan Campbell Alex Rodriguez-Gorin and David Turnbull Jake Hasty and Bolly Aribi, either side of Curtis Bain. The substitutes, Ferguson, McHugh, Hartley, Freer, Donnelly, Johnson and Scott. As for Hamilton, just a one change from their last outing. Out goes Aaron McGowan and in comes the returning Matt Kogallan. A 4-4-2 for them. Gary Woods in goal. It's a back four of Ziggy Gordon, Delphin Shiembe, Matt Kogallan and Lenny Soa. It's a midfield diamond for them. Alex Gogic at the base. Scott Martin and Darry McKinnon just ahead with Tori Andrew in that number 10 role behind the strike force of George Oakley and Mikel Miller. The substitutes Marston, McGowan, Keatings, McMillan, Penny, Boyd and Mimnor. The referee for this one at Fur Park is Andrew Dallas. Let's hear from man of the moment then, Jake Hasty. Since coming back from Alla on loan, Gaffer's given me a chance and I just need to keep repairing him every time I step on onto the park. That's all speculation. My main focus is the game tomorrow. I just focus on my football and I'm just enjoying my football and that's the main thing. It's been a crazy few months, especially coming back for Allah. I thought I'd had to bide my time a wee bit, but I've come into the team. As I said, the gaffer's given my chance and I just need to keep repaying him every week. A big day for him, Hugh Keevans, yeah. as he looks to forget all this speculation. It looks like Rangers are the favourites to, to land him. Mother um, aren't giving up hope and keeping him. Um, but today it's about the day job. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a great success story. Someone who wasn't even sure of his place in the Aloha side uh, prior to the January transfer window opening up and him returning to Fir Park. So go enjoy. Any Motherwell supporter who has a, a negative word to say about Jake Hasty has been totally unrealistic. He's a professional footballer there to take himself to the highest point that he can reach in his career. Uh, let's continue our journey around the grounds Because big games at the bottom Dundee looking to try and do their bit St Mirren don't play until Monday night Dundee up against Hearts, Roger Hanna Yeah and it's a big one for Dundee They lost 4-0 at Ibrox 10 days ago Gordon, they haven't played since And in the intervening time they've seen Hamilton go to Petodre, take three points They've seen St Mirren beat Livingston and Paisley last Saturday And it's dropped them back into that relegation playoff place If results go their way today They could get back above Hamilton Ackies in goal difference But it's a big ask against Hearts Hearts were very disappointed They couldn't see off Partick Thistle in that quarter-final At Furhill on Monday night They now have a replay at Tynecastle this Tuesday That they could probably have done without And they know themselves they've got important league business Because a win here for them today Draws them level in fourth place place with Kilmarnock and fourth place might well again be enough to get into the Europa League qualifiers this summer and that's something that, that Craig Levine is very very keen to take hearts in terms of the team news it really is all about the strikers today after that defeat at Ibrox in come both Kenny Miller and Craig Curran for Dundee out go Paul McGowan and Jesse Curran to the bench and half bring back David Vanacek the much criticised David Vanacek is back as is Callum Morrison out go Oli Bozanich and Stephen McLean maybe McLean getting a rest before that replay against Thistle at Tynecastle on Tuesday night so Dundee will start with Senny Dieng in goal it's a back four of James Horsfield Ryan McGowan a former Hearts player Darren O'Dea and Nathan Ralph across the middle Andy Dales Ethan Robson Martin Woods and on loan Scott Wright and up top the recalled Craig Curran and Kenny Miller on the bench it's Parish, Kerr, Kusunga O'Sullivan 
Hadinius and the two guys who will drop Paul McGowan and Jesse Curran for Hart. Bobby's Lamarlin goal to back four again of Marcus Godinho, John Sutter, the skipper Christoph Berra and Ben Garuccio. Then the midfield of Callum Morrison, Peter Herring, Arno Jum and Sean Clare. And up top it's David Vanacek with Uchi Ikpiazu who signed a new contract with Hearts through the week. On the bench, Doyle, Bozanich, Lee, Whiten, Mulraney, Dicamona and Hickey. The referee at a Suncast tense part this afternoon, Gordon, is Nick Walsh. Let's hear from Craig Levine. We have only to go back fairly recently to, to know how, how well they played because they beat us at Tynecastle. That gives us fair enough warning that we're facing a difficult task up at Dense Park. The, the league's really tight at both the top end and the, and the bottom this season, so they've improved, but I, I think also St Mirren have improved and Hamilton have improved. Um, they're all kind of picking up points and nobody seems to be able to... You know, to climb the table the way they want. But I mean, we know, you know Jim, Jim's teams are always dangerous. Fraser Wishart's watching Livingston against St Johnson at the Tony Macaroni Arena. Seventh versus ninth, Gordon. On the surface of it, you would think maybe a bit of a middle of the table look to this game, but there's still quite a bit to play for for, for both sides as we approach the split. Neither side really having their best spell of the season, but a win for St Johnson would see them a point behind Hibs in sixth. And with favourable games pre split, they would fancy themselves to have a real good chance of getting into that top six. On the other hand, it's hard to see Levy Bridge, the seven point gap between themselves and Hibs in sixth. But a win today would give them an out side chance with the one point behind St Johnston four points behind Tibbs and of course the higher the league finish the more the prize money which is important for both sides but said neither side in great form four defeats and a draw in the last five for St Johnston after their excellent run in months previously and Livingston of course did all their good work earlier on this season it's been a great season so far for them and whatever happens from now they'll go they'll go into the summer thinking it has been a good season but since the dramatic 5-0 win here against Hearts on the 14th of December just one win and three draws in their last 11 so this is a game that could probably go either Way. Just one change from Livingston from a defeat against St Mirren last week. Steve, uh, Scott Robinson sorry, comes in for Stephen Lawless. Liam Kelly's in goals, a back three. Declan Gallagher, Craig Halkett and Alan Lithgow. Five across the middle. Steve Lawson, Kieran Brown, Keegan Jacobs, Scott Pittman and Craig Sibbald with Steve Robinson. Sorry, Scott Robinson and Chris Erskine as the strikers. Ross Stewart, Hakim Odefant, Rafa Devita, Sean Burn, Stephen Lawless, Scott Tiffany and Ryan Hardy on the bench. Two changes for St Johnson. Goss and Swanson are in for Craig and Watt. They go with Cammy Bell in goals, Richard Foster, Jason Kerr, Joe Shocknessy and Scott Tanzer across the back in midfield, Matty Kennedy, Murray Davidson, Sean Goss and David Wellerspoon with Danny Swanson just off the main striker, Chris Kane. The subs are Sinclair, Alston, O'Halloran, Craig, Callaghan, Gordon and Watt and the referee today is John Beaton. Now our feature match in the Championship this afternoon is a cracker. The Energy Check Stadium at Firhill is the venue Partick Thistle against Dundee United. The teams and Mark Weedy's there for us. Yes, thanks very much Gordon. Yeah, a cracking game as you say here at Firhill this afternoon. Both teams now very much got their eyes on the league for different reasons Partick Thistle trying to get promotion, trying to chase Ross County there's a five point gap between them uh, and the table toppers and at the bottom Partick anchored there but only one point behind uh, Allah both of them come in as well on the back of Scottish Cup games last weekend and the United a disappointing home defeat to Inverness Cali Thistle and for Partick Thistle a very credible draw uh, at home to Hearts with the replay on Tuesday night but for the teams uh, today for Partick Gary Caldwell goes a 4-3-3 it's Connor Hazard in goals at the back Chris Daly 
Stephen Anderson, Stephen Saunders and James Penrith in midfield. Blair Spittle, Craig Slater and Jack McMillan. And up front, it's Miles Storey, Scott McDonald and Joe Cardo on the bench for the Jags. Sneddon, McGinty and Doolan. Harkins, Fitzpatrick, Mansell and Roy. For Dundee United, Robbie Nielsen goes with a 4-2-3-1. It's Benji Segrist and goals at the back. Charlie Seaman, Mark Conley, Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson. The holding two, Callum Butcher and Ian Hartz. And it's Nicky Clark, Aidan Nesbitt and Paul McMullen off the main striker, Osmond So On the bench for the Tanadise club, it's Laidlaw, Booth and Fivey, Stanton, Safranco, Smith and Watson. And your match referee at uh, Furhill is Alan Newlands. Hugh Kevens, that's us up to date on all the team news. What are you looking out for this afternoon? Well, obviously, attention will focus on Celtic uh, in front of a full house uh, and uh, facing an Aberdeen side who I think would be looking for a psychological lift prior to going to Rangers on Tuesday in the cup replay. And what better psychological lift can you find for yourselves than a win at Celtic Park? So it's a major day for both teams. It's a homecoming for Neil Lennon I'm quite sure that there'll be a banner or two to reflect that homecoming Uh, that is without doubt the game of the day Fraser uh, has told us that Livingston have one win in their last five St Johnson have no wins in their last five one win for both sides in the last ten games Fraser is there for an oven ready goalless draw uh, in Livingston so good football everywhere and uh, Partick this with Dundee United for Mark Guidi I think will be an excellent watch because Falkirk's win last night uh, mm. puts additional pressure mm. on uh, Gary Caldwell and all of the Thistle players against a Robbie Nielsen Dundee United who are now beginning to fancy themselves for the Premiership next season It is that time of the afternoon You're up to date on the team news so we're going to get all the guys involved and look back on the biggest stories of the week The good, the bad and the ugly We saw all at Easter Road last night We'll reflect on events in the capital after these Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors Get the result you deserve Talk to Thompsons.com We've already given you team news Ahead of the big fixtures this afternoon Celtic Aberdeen Motherwell Hamilton Dundee Hearts Levy St Johnston In the top flight Are featured championship matches Partick Thistle Against Dundee United Let's get all the guys involved then Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson And Alex Ray are in the studio We've got the top team All around the grounds Hugh Keevans Last night I'll leave it up to you You can go football first You can go madness first You can go a bit of both Yeah it has to be a bit of both because we're in danger of being engulfed by what happens off the park now although we cannot ignore it uh, as I say Rangers dropped the ball they had plenty of chances uh, Alfredo Morelos had one of those nights uh, where he spend a lot of time discussing his value and then he lets himself down uh, in front of goal last night it's a a couple of points dropped by Steven Gerrard's team and it's up to Celtic to punish them for it or it'll be a point gained by Steven Gerrard's team but we'll leave Celtic and Aberdeen to contest that what happened off the park with James Tavernier uh, is part of a growing and very serious problem for Scottish football and be perfectly serious when I say this I think Steven Gerrard would have been entitled to say okay lads everybody off we're not having that And it's coming One day a manager will say No They've hurled coins They've hurled bottles Now they're hurling themselves Onto the park To confront a player It is totally unacceptable And if Fraser Wishart's members Of PFA Scotland Were to ballot for strike action I wonder what the vote would be But Stephen Gerrard Would have been entitled To say to his players last night 
come off the park You're not safe out there The game's over Fraser Wishart, the PFA Scotland typewriter Is having a busy old time of it um, You can, rather than me reading the statement You can voice it in your own words Yeah, well, the, my own words are, are just so disappointed That again, we're talking about Off the field incidents I, I was on holiday Last week I spent Sunday, Monday When I left, dealing with an incident um, Last weekend I came back Last night, and I was literally walking onto the plane uh, when I got a barrage of messages saying an incident happened at Easter Road as well, and, and I think first and foremost, to, I've only watched the incident this morning. Commend James Tavernier for, for the way he handled the, the incident. Scott Sinclair last week. I think every single player this year has been subjected to all different sorts of, of abuse. I think should be commended for it, but uh, it, it can't go on, and things just seem to be cranking up. It's been a lot of copycat stuff. There seems to be incidents that seem to get closer and closer to, to somebody getting hurt. You know, there's been players already been struck. There's been uh, missiles struck a linesman, missiles struck Neil Lennon. Um, it needs to, to, to stop and, and I think in football terms I'm not a huge advocate of strict liability and we have this conversation but something needs to be done because the system at the moment isn't working we're not stopping people from, from, from doing these things now football can't change it on its own it needs support from government and support from the police and support from authorities as well but we need to move quickly and move swiftly to, to stop this because somebody's going to get hurt the thing about strict liability, Fraser, the idiot who ran on last night spent the night in the cells, I would imagine. He was he was arrested. If that didn't stop him doing it, is the threat of a fine for his club really going to stop it? Well, I don't know. I, I, got an, I, I don't think there's any one cure. And people have been saying to me for, for weeks now, well, well, how do we stop it? And I said, well, if I knew myself, yeah. then of course, and if any of you guys knew, then we, we, would, we would do that. But what I'm saying is at the moment, what doing what we're doing isn't stopping it and, and one of my fears is that if football doesn't take steps to do something about about uh, strict liability then the government may step in and do something of their own uh, uh, ilk and Hamza Youssef uh, was quoted in Parliament during the week talking about sectarianism and racism and, uh, and used one of my quotes about football players workplace which I repeat it is and if football doesn't sort itself then government might step in now government has a role to play absolutely and, and the game itself can't be to blame for everything and all else in society and everything that happens but uh, we, we need help and we need to do something about it because at the moment what's in place isn't stopping uh, these, these, these fans misbehaving uh, Mark Guidi that seems to be the, the obvious problem with strict liability that guy last night was facing jail he's facing arrest for doing that but it didn't stop him so we really led to believe that the threat of a fine for Hibs or you know even at a point doctor or whatever if, if jail time if doesn't stop you that's surely not going to stop you either well, I, I, one thing I would do with all these people that, that are caught and, and Neil Lennon mentioned that a couple of weeks ago when he was in between jobs Hibs and Celtic publicly humiliate these people why are they covered up and why are they not announced who they are I know it's maybe a lie but absolutely publicly humiliate them for a start and I think what I would do now I've actually thought long and hard about it on, on, on the back of last night and there's been more people that have been hurt and, and injured that Fraser didn't mention from Bobby Zermal to Chris Boyd as well who both players uh, behave very very well in light of what happened to them it wasn't just James Tavernier last night but what I would do is I think we're now in a situation uh, and I mean this seriously but I don't mean to under, undermine the, the, the issues of 9-11 anyway when the whole ethos of what happens at airports had to change and maybe we need to look at doing something at football grounds now. And Huey and I have been there, and Roger, journalists, when you go to World Cups and European Championships, you do go through basically like what you would at an airport in terms of what's in your bag, your search properly, etc., etc. Because every, a lot of people are going to the grounds drunk, taking stuff out of them. 
there's drug taking going on as well if they're high whatever it is they're doing at grounds too so I think there's now a time and it means that supporters are going to have to turn up an hour earlier like you, you do now at an airport compared to 20 30 years ago I think that's one thing that we could we'd seriously have to look at now because unfortunately this is not going away and it is time for the talking to stop it's all, you know, a linesman wads badly injured I think he requires stitches you know, a bottle missed Scott Sinclair. Their seats getting hurled onto the pitch. Their seats getting hurled at, at both sets of fans between each other. It's now time for talking to stop and action to take place. I think most people agree, Roger Hanna, there is no one perfect solution. So, you know, Mark's talking about increased security. Of course, you can't stop people getting in with coins, really, can you? They need to buy things. And as for if we want to isolate last night's incident, it wasn't anything that was brought in apart from, you know, a, b- a bad mentality that was brought in. Yes, strict liability won't work because the people you're talking about are cretins, they're morons, they're imbeciles. They could not care less what punishment, be it a fine, be it a points deduction, comes to their club. As Leanne Dempster said last night, that individual who came onto the pitch was not a Hibs supporter, he was just a lout. It's as simple as that. Um, What we need to do now is have more police, we need more stewards. If that costs clubs more money and that money has to come out of transfer kitties, it has to come out of something else, then so be it. Fraser Wishart and the PFA put out a very well-worded statement today, but I go back, Gordon, to the one that Fraser issued on Monday, when he said his real fear was that one of his members, a footballer, is hurt or maimed by one of these louts. Now, seven days ago, a Hibernian, and I won't use the word fan, a Hibernian spectator threw a bottle at Scott Sinclair. Fortunately, I missed Scott Sinclair. Now, how we get the bottle in, I don't know. But this guy who came over last night to confront James Tavernier, what would have happened if he did a bottle in his hand? This is the level that we've now reached. I read a piece in the newspaper the other day by Pat Nevin saying when he was at Chelsea, because of the hooliganism, the violence, the thuggery of that era, Stamford Bridge was surrounded by a fence, an 8-foot or 10-foot high fence to protect the players. Please don't let us have to get back to that level of security for players. For me, given everything that we've talked about and has been said and has been written in the last six or seven days, I find it astonishing that I'm having to sit here this evening and talk to you guys about another incident. I was going to call him a supporter, but I don't think you can call people like that supporters. To come onto the pitch and confront a player is, you can use the word unacceptable, but it doesn't actually seem to kind of be strong enough. So the person you saw is in custody. That's where he should be as far as I'm concerned. You know, we'll find out more about it, but... He won't come to another football match at Easter Road, let's put it that way, ever. And that's with another gift to to, uh, to deliver. I think it's a bit unfair, perhaps, and there's other clubs when idiots like this manage to, to if you're determined, manage to get through and do and do what they do. I mean, clubs work really hard. They do work really hard to try and stop this type of behaviour. For me, it's the most astonishing thing is the fact that it's happened again within a week, given everything that happened on, on Saturday. I had to write to Celtic and to Scott Sinclair to apologise. I've had to apologise to James downstairs. I apologised on behalf of the club. I told him that the individual was in custody. I said to him that we were embarrassed by it. He was gracious and took it. Ryan, would you consider closing that section of ground where there seems to be trouble? Just to, just... I don't think anything is off the table, to be honest. I think we should be openly discussing what we need to do to make sure that when we're talking about the game in Scotland, we're talking about the game in a good and a positive way, the way that we should be, because actually there are so many great things happening. But tonight, instead of talking about what was a, a hopefully a really good game of football, played in, in good spirits, what we ended up talking about is some idiot again. So nothing's off the table. Nothing can be off the table. And therein lies the problem, Hugh Keevans, because I think everyone acknowledges that something needs to be done and whatever mm-hmm. we're doing at the moment is not working. But at the same time, you hear a lot of fans, and quite rightly so, saying, 
Well, you know, the vast majority of it. We don't want to be criminalised. We don't want overreactions. We don't want knee-jerk reactions. You know, political intervention. So, how on earth do you find a solution that that, that pleases everyone? You, you don't. Well, no, of course you don't. But uh, in the week, you had Stephen Gerrard say that Scottish football might find a problem in attracting players to a country where they don't feel safe on the park. Christopher Iyer at Celtic said that he no longer feels safe on the park after the bottle incident involving Scott Sinclair. So if the offences are extreme, then the measures to prevent them must be extreme. And that's why I say if a manager decides that when a bottle lands at the feet of his player and we can only pray it lands at his feet and doesn't cause any damage to the player, if that happens, that manager, I say, is entitled to signal to the referee that he's taking his players off the park or the referee's entitled to say no, I can't guarantee the safety of either set of players I'm taking them off the park we can go round and round and round and deal in all the platitudes of it something must be done before government intervention and no one will like government intervention because the last time they intervened they got it badly wrong however, the time for platitudes has stopped the time for direct action is here and if that is players being taken off the park or players deciding they won't play while that threat exists then mm. good Fraser Wishart will be able to tell us a bit more about this in a second I suspect Mark Wilson do you think the players genuinely feel unsafe I mean Andy Halliday was asked on television last night and you know he, he said they didn't feel unsafe yeah. when he was out to play of course these incidents are terrible We wouldn't want to undermine that at all But do, do, do players feel no, unsafe? No, no I think they feel safe at the moment But the problem is These incidences Have all came in this season However, if these keep going on Then there will come a time Where players feel unsafe If you're going down to a, a ground Where it is so tight Like Easter Road in the corner And you're in amongst the fans Places like Tynecastle And you're taking a corner kick And you're thinking well a few weeks ago A bottle was thrown It's going to be in the back of your mind Just now I think they're okay But if nothing gets done Like the guys are saying And it keeps continuing There will come a time Where players feel unsafe But how do you manage it A bigger police presence Perhaps Who knows I feel sorry for the stewards Because last night I'm looking at the steward One steward sitting there Now that steward's paid A pittance To sit there and deal With that idiot Who came at him You know And he can't stop him So The guy that comes on do you t- deter it by giving a, a stricter sentence to him to deter other people? I don't think it'll, it'll have a, an effect wholly, but it might make people think twice. But I think in terms of players, they feel okay just now. But if it continues, Gordon, then you've got to, you've got to admit there must be an element of a trepidation Going into a corner Where you know Certain things have taken place In the past Yeah for me I was never afraid of anything That you, you would imagine Was coming from the stand uh, I'm, I'm with Mark Guidi In terms of this You know uh, Name and shame Things I know There's a legal process I said the other day On the programme That I felt as if You know Jail people uh, You know If it's appropriate To the crime I'm not uh, interested in a strict liability, Gordon, because you're absolutely right. How do you police that as a club? How do you pay a penalty for an idiot jumping onto the crowd? And to be fair to that, Stuart Mark, he tried to grab the guys he went on, but, you know, how do you stop a guy that you just, you're not anticipating, your average normal person is not anticipating a fan mm. jumping on to confront a player, so then when he jinxed past him, that he tried to grab him, but we have to get on top of this. And do you know the most frustrating thing? We're spending time after time in this show 
talking about this and we're actually overlooking mm. a game that there's so many instances yeah. as well a couple of minutes left and we'll get back to the football don't you worry about that Fraser Wisher I, I do seem to remember a survey or a study amongst your members talking about abuse they had received I, I'm not sure does, does that manifest itself into them feeling unsafe I'd imagine those are, are separate issues do you have any feeling on, on, on how they feel with regards to safety well, the, the day the players come to me and tell me that as a union they feel unsafe it will take on to a, a different level and, and football players are, are hardy types and they make it because they have got a bit about them but uh, that, that doesn't mean to say that uh, we should just allow what's going on to, to happen and I think Martin made points there about stewarding and, and policing etc you know increased police presence might be something that has to, has to be started we've got CCTV do we have a, a mechanism where supporters can report fellow supporters you know who, but confidentially because uh, you know if you get somebody that's in a rage and there's such a rage that they're, they're actually willing to throw a bottle I don't know if I'd confront them or point them out to, to the police at that time but you know there's a whole load of things have to be done here but there is no easy one fix uh, magic wand that can be can be done but it needs to stop and uh, we need all parties to be doing something about it and for me it just saddens me because you have to remind people that Scotland's actually a pretty good nation I'm a proud of Scotland I'm proud of Scottish football I think we're a welcoming nation I think Scottish football does a lot in terms of the profile of our nation as well but at the moment the profile of our nation of Scotland is not great because of these incidents that happen time and time again and we should be talking about the game last night we should be talking about the football week in week out because it's been a great season it's sad we're going to continue to do it Hugh Keevans we're going to continue to call it out because it's the right thing to do but we won't let it dominate football's important and we're getting back to that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompsons.com 15 minutes to kick off all across the country Big game Celtic Aberdeen Motherwell Hamilton Dundee Hearts Livy St Johnson And in the Championship Partick Thistle Dundee United Let's quickly go back to Celtic Park We will go back there before kick off Alison and Gordon A few people asking about the absence of Craig Gordon From the squad altogether Doris De Vries is on the bench Anything you can tell us? We have absolutely no idea. It was a surprise to all of us as well. There haven't been any murmurings about injuries or anything. I mean, I know he's not, I think, been overly happy that he's been sidelined recently. It might be that Neil Lennon's just fancied a bit of a change. I will obviously find out after the game, but at the moment it remains a mystery. He's also nowhere to be seen. We've got Callum McGregor sitting in the director's box there, right, obviously, because he's injured, but no sign as yet of Craig Gordon. That is an interesting one, Mark Wilson, because if you're injured mm. and it's a home game, you go. Yeah, you need that, to go yeah, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the rules um, Unless he's downstairs still So Tell Daz and Alison To keep an eye out for him Yeah we'll watch that one With interest I'm sure Gordon will ask him For a selfie For his Instagram That's all I'm seeing <laughs> these days Is pictures of him uh, I'm going to just Fade his mic down as well So he can't come back With some smart Alec reply cool. uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew McLean Is it filling up And I'm not expecting it. I mean a huge crowd Obviously but Usually for in relative terms, Fir Park enjoys these occasions. Yeah, the crowd's looking all right. The the sun's out as well. It's uh, not not the warmest, but um, yeah, it's it's filling up nicely. A, a decent enough looking travelling support as well for this one. For what should really be a an interesting game. Both of these teams obviously in, in quite good form since the turn of the year, and uh, both sides playing some some interesting football as well. You look at Motherwell; they've obviously changed their style since then. A lot of you know attacking players. They got the quick wingers and, and Jake Hasty and and, and Bolly Aribi, whereas Hamilton play with two up top now they've switched to that back four so it should be an exciting game here and there's no surprise Andrew all the attention not only going to Jake Hasty but the other academy graduates as well since these sides last met Motherwell have scored 11 times nine of them have come from the academy graduates Hasty, Turnbull and Campbell that's why the fans are 
are, are feeling a whole lot better about things than they were perhaps after that Ross County defeat in the Cup yeah well it's, it's what we love to see isn't it young players young Scottish players coming in and, and making an impact into these teams just this week four Motherwell players were announced in the uh, Scotland under 21 squad Hasty, Campbell Turnbull Barry Maguire in there as well who's out on loan at the moment but you know it, it's no surprise with the way they're playing as well that you know Jake Hasty obviously um, linked with Rangers this week uh, we know what Alan Campbell can do he's, he's been in the team for a long time and he's, he's impressed for, for a long time David Turnbull as well who just looks so calm whenever you see him he just doesn't look flustered by anything for such a young guy as well it's such a good trait so you know there's no wonder that these Motherwell fans are, are excited about these young players coming through uh, the, the internet is a marvellous place you even someone has just sent me a picture um, of someone who's got a picture taken with Craig Gordon at the airport he fled the country I don't know I'm just I'm just describing what I'm seeing I can't tell you how valid it is or whatever but there you go if ever there was a manager made for confrontation (laughs) it's Neil Lennon and he will not be told by anyone who should be in his team and who should not so uh, he has to Assert himself at Celtic Park And we may have an early case of assertion here Uh, Roger Hanna Dundee against Hearts If we look at the picture at the bottom St Mirren aren't in action until Monday evening So I'm sure they're going to be watching events At Fir Park and events where you are Just to see what they need to do When Monday night rolls around yeah, and you would think if Dundee are going to pick up the points that are going to make them safe in this drop zone scram, Gordon, then a lot of the points are going to have to be taken here at Dens Park. And yet, when you look at the two meetings between these two teams, Dundee and Hearts this season, they've both been away wins. Hearts came here and won easily 3 0 to nil last October. Uh, Dundee then went to Hearts, as Craig Levine has spoke about earlier on the show, and won 2 1 in January. Um, the six goal scorers, believe it or not, none of them are involved in the starting lineups this afternoon, so it could be something completely different again. I'm particularly looking forward to seeing the, the Dundee central defence up against this Hearts attack. Ryan McGowan, a goal scorer in a Scottish Cup final win for Hearts, now playing against them for the first time as a Dundee player alongside Big Darren O'Dee. And what a physical confrontation it will be against Uciek Piazu and David Vanacek. They played together for Hearts for the first time. Piazu, of course, was injured when Vanacek arrived in January. Vanacek then had a spell out of the first team just to get himself into the sort of physical condition that Craig Levine expects of his first team players that united for the first time today against McGowan and Odie and th- th- that confrontation might well be the most decisive on the pitch today Fraser Wishart watching Livingston against St Johnson who are you tipping for that top six spot Fraser the final one when you look at the table at the moment Hibs are in there on 42 points obviously having played the game more last night uh, four points further back St Johnson then you go one further back to Motherwell and then another couple and you find Livingston can you, can you see any of the outsiders making a late run? I can see it'd be very close. I looked at St Johnson's fixtures uh, earlier on, and they've got very favourable ones. I think they've got, they've got Dundee. I think they might have Hamilton. They've got uh, Kilmarnock. I don't think they've got any of the, the sort of top five teams. Um, if you like the biggest clubs, so they might have a wee chance, but they have to win today, in my opinion, because Hibs' result last night. You know, win today would just close that gap as, as as well. I don't think Livingston have got much of a chance. They've got seven points, but again, a win today takes them four points behind Hibs, and, and you just you just never know. But I think today's a really important 
important game for both these teams. You know, I said earlier, sometimes it's easy just to look at it as a middle of the table, but uh, every penny counts for these football clubs, and uh, getting into that top six guarantees at least a sixth place, obviously, but it guarantees that that money. Whereas if you stayed in seventh place, you could easily finish seventh, eighth, ninth, and there's a huge drop in money between those different different places as, as well. But even for the individual players, you're looking at Livingston's team who've been terrific this year, but they have got lads who, who are attracting a lot of interest. Declan Gallagher, Craig Halkett. I really like Scott Pittman in midfield. You know, he's, he's just terrific energy. And because of the nature of these clubs, they don't offer them long, long-term contracts because they can't offer them enough money. There's a chance that Livingston could lose these players at the end of the season. For the players themselves, they've got to keep their standards up if they get nothing settled yet they might want to, to get a new contract either at Livy or to move on so an important uh, stage of the season and it's, it's about attitude as much as anything at this stage Let's hear from Gary Holt We'll be going for the win uh, first and foremost that's how we play it's how we approach the games first and foremost is try and win the game uh, within our, our shape and our system and, and how we want to approach the game but we'll show them that most respect they're a well established Premier League side They've been in it year after year, they're men, they know their roles, their responsibilities in the team, they know the system and they play, and we have to show them that respect, similar to how we showed Commander respect two weeks ago, because they deserve it, they've earned that right. When you battle as, as much as we do and scrap and fight for first and second balls and, and put in as much energy as we did against Commander, as we did last week, well, hopefully the, the result will fall on our side Saturday. Mark Guidi in the Championship When you look at the picture at the bottom It is unbelievably tight So Partick Thistle are propping up the table at the moment Psychologically that's not great uh, But a win today not only could take them above Aloha um, But above Falkirk as well So that just shows you the importance of the three points this afternoon Yeah it, it, it does And when I look at the, the Partick Thistle team You think you know it's, And I know there's been a lot of changes maybe, But you just wonder why they've not been doing better I know they got a good result against Hartley Scottish Cup But you know Miles Storey played for them a lot in the top flight last season Scott McDonald we know all about him Joe Cardo's been a winger that's been round the block a few times still very talented Blair Spittle takes later in the middle of the park Saunders and Anderson at the back so they're really good albeit they're up against a right good Indian United team uh, as well today but yeah uh, I've a feeling that Falkirk are going to escape um, Gordon I think they're on a wee run another good result you say for them last night I think it's between Thistle uh, and, uh, and Alloa for the bottom two places yeah, they go along with that. Uh, Mark, do you think that the, the cup tie to come on Tuesday night will have any bearing on Partick Thistle today? No, absolutely not. It's all about trying to stay in the championship. Hugh, uh, another relegation would be catastrophic, and I would imagine it would it would be the end of a, a, a full time football. Certainly, you know, if they were going to try to stay full time, then it would be players, you know, coming in on uh, you know half the budget that's available uh, just now, and it would obviously put question marks over Gary Caldwell too. So no, it's um, absolutely about getting three points today, or at least a point, just enough to keep hanging in there in the last three or four games of the season. But with, with the greatest respect to the William Hill Scottish Cup, it's a relevant because of Thistle's uh, plight in the league just now If rugby is your thing it's not going too well at Murrayfield Scotland 6 Wales 15 with 35 minutes on the clock back to the round ball though the kickoffs are coming up fast approaching Partick Thistle Dundee United Livy St Johnson Dundee Hearts and Motherwell Hamilton and we're going back to Celtic Park next £25,119.45 You're the biggest winner ever! That is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's £27,018.83. You have won! <laughs> the cash register. Win big cash every day. The cash register is back. Monday morning at 8. Clyde won. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray, and Gordon DL are here to take your calls, so let's do it right now. 01419511025. I'll quickly run through the scores today. Scottish Premiership Celtic 0, Aberdeen 0, Dundee 0, Hearts 1, Livingston 3, St Johnston 1, and Motherwell 3, Hamilton 0. Alloa 0, Dunfermline 1 in the Championship. Partick Thistle 2, Dundee United 1, Queen of the South 0, Inverness 2, and Ross County 2, Morton 0. Into Scottish League 1 are both 0, Stenhouse Muir 2. Breakin 2, 4 for 2 East 5, 3 Stranraer 1 Montrose 1 Dumbarton 3 Wraith Rovers 1 Airdrie 0 And finally League 2 Berwick 1, Cowdenbeath 1 Edinburgh 2, Queen's Park 0 Elgin 2, Clyde 1 Peterhead 2, Annan 1 And Stirling Albion 0 Albion Rovers 1 Just quickly the English Premier League Crystal Palace 1, Brighton 2 Cardiff 2, West Ham 0 Huddersfield 0, Bournemouth 2 Leicester 3, Fulham 1 Newcastle 3, Everton 2 And Southampton 2, Tottenham 1 01419511025 What should we be looking out for today, Hugh Keevens? Lots, I would imagine Yeah, I mean the Celtic supporters uh, Returning from Celtic Park I think will feel a, an overwhelming sense of disappointment And frustration uh, because today could have been the day that they put one hand on the championship trophy But they have blown a golden opportunity Partick Thistle fans delighted The bottom four in the championship now separated by four points So Queen of the South in absolute freefall Defeat after defeat after defeat Partick Thistle staging the great escape and for St Mirren fans listening Golden opportunity for them on Monday To get back in touch You know oh, Hamilton losing badly at Motherwell Dundee beating at home Against Hearts So The relegation battle is well and truly on Scottish football is all we're really interested in On the phones And just laughing I'm looking at the old video printer Hugh Keevans From yeah. the, the Wickham-Sunderland game It's only just finished It's ten past five nearly <laughs> um, George Honeyman for Sunderland Sent off 90 plus 8 Marcus Bean for Wickham Sent off 90 plus 10 And Nathan Tyson for Wickham Sent off 90 plus 11 Wow It's a Royal Rumble Grandstand finale Anyway Back to our game 0141 Let's get stuck in Mark is a Celtic fan in Hamilton What did you make of it today Mark? Uh, Gordon I, I, I didn't get to the game today But uh, Two points to make tonight For the fans The land bio or bail Wherever he is I don't What's, what's happening with him Nearly two million for him Scored for, the, scored. scored for the reserves uh, yeah. midweek But clearly not Up to, to speed yet Would be the assessment here yeah, I, I I do agree with you, Mark, that uh, you'd be inclined to think he might even get a cameo appearance for 10 minutes or so. But, well, Timothy Weir's there, and Timothy Weir from Paris Saint-Germain, very popular with the fans. You, you would have no objection to seeing him come on. He's apparently missed a guilt-edged chance to win it for Celtic. I just think, Mark, that you are... Um, <laughs> Underlining the frustration that the Celtic supporters are feeling because although you had a team which contained Wea, Edouard, Burke, Sinclair, Forrest, all match winning players, none of them could do it. And you've gone even further afield and said, Well, why wasn't Bayo there? You know, so it's I think. Not he's not there. He's, he's, you know, we think quite a, two million pounds, you know, and he, he's, yeah, you should be at least get on to the bench, really. Well, Brendan well, Rodgers played him. For five, ten minutes against Kilmarnock. Well, so Brendan Rodgers. Way back to playing the reserves. Yeah. I play. I mean, to be fair, he, to be fair, he was on the pitch. He was on the pitch for about two minutes against Kilmarnock. Uh-huh. Brendan Rodgers said that 
this this guy may take a bit of time to settle. I found that weird when Brendan Rodgers came out and said that because, like Mark on the phone, mm. I was saying you're paying you're paying decent money. You know, it's not a development player. You're thinking but this guy I, will come and I, make an impact. But I do think that Mark's frustration is getting the better of him because. Here you had a side with Ollie Burke Who's cost millions and millions in transfer fees Who's looked terrific in a Celtic jersey You've got Timothy Weah from Paris Saint-Germain You've got Edouard who is Celtic's record signing James Forrest, scorer of many goals this season Likewise Scott Sinclair Mm. The frustration for the Celtic supporters is that With all of that at their disposal Celtic for the first time this season Drop points at home Yeah Gordon Dale Mark's more than entitled to ask the question mm-hmm. you, you see where it's coming from But I, I can't imagine Celtic drop points today Because Bale wasn't involved I mean look at the, the attackers they did have It was them that didn't do their jobs Yeah correct Gordon And uh, you've got to say And I'm sure any honest Celtic fan here today Celtic didn't deserve to win this game uh, they didn't do enough to win the game. They had all the big hitters on. I said at half time, Scott Sinclair, who's been in terrific form, scoring a lot of goals, non existent. Burke, non existent. Forrest in the right wing floated in and out the game. Then they changed at half time. They started trying to get more attacking options onto the pitch. But it just, there was something wrong here today for me. This, I, I've, I've been here all season, every home game. And under Brendan Rogers, I did say they were absolutely terrific, the football they played, and I never, ever sat here and thought, this is the day Celtic's got to lose their home record this season. Today, it could have been that day. It was flat. The dugout was flat. And I know that it's not all about managers jumping up and down, but Derek McInnes was out there urging his team on for 90-odd minutes. He knew how important a, a result was to take to Tuesday night to Ibrox. Neil Lennon back here for the first time, after two terrific results, you've got to say, against uh, Hearts and Hibs, he spent most of the time just sitting in the dugout. I found that a bit strange. Now, at the end of the day, that's Neil's choice to do that. But he put players on. I thought he'd, he put players on at the right time. I thought he, he changed the system right. I'm not criticising him in any way. But Celtic were flat today for some reason. Yeah, Big Burgundy agrees on Twitter He says, poor Celtic performance A win today and that was the league wrapped up Unacceptable Why Edward is on the bench for a loner is beyond me uh, He must be fit by now uh, Mark, does that feel like a missed opportunity today? Of course it is I've, I've watched that for years, Gordon That's not the first time and Either one of the old firm drop points The other team goes out the next day And either gets beat mm-hmm. or just what happened today But that's my second point there Is about the lad Edward Now this is a 9 million player Beyond me how he can He must be frustrated That lad as well He can't even get starting well, I just what? don't get The boy Burke Playing up the Playing through the middle I don't get that at all I just Don't know Well it's like uh, Gordon said earlier on That's not Burke's game uh, You know he, he If he can get in Behind defences With that pace Then that's his game I agree with you I think if you have A £9 million centre forward I find it strange That he doesn't start matches um, And but you could yeah. argue Burke's a yeah, I mean, fifteen million pound player. But, but let's have, be, have let's you gone down that road? We should probably be fair. It clearly didn't work today. But Burke's been decent I since he came Burke's to Celtic. Been, I, I think yeah, Burke's yeah, filled that role in well. But I think he's he's led the line the number through one the middle. Now, Matt, for you, in terms of you know playing through the middle with the system. That they play? No, I, I, listen, Alex, I want to say there is a number one. I think Celtic are are that fortunate to have. You know, strikers like Edward and Burke that they'll chop and change. Gordon, I don't think um, there'll be any. Gordon, am I still up here? Am I still yes, yeah, right. yes, I can hear let, you. Let, let me say, Edward is the number nine first choice all day long. Burke is a player that loves the space in behind. Now, when Aberdeen made it, 
you know, defensively get everybody behind the ball. You could actually see Burke was uncomfortable because he couldn't find that space. He couldn't use his pace. And the one thing that disappointed me with him in the second half, he got the ball in the wide areas a couple of times. Now, as you're a defender and you're facing him and you're thinking, he's going to knock this ball by me, I've absolutely no chance of catching him. He came in the pitch and he made a wee simple pass. I think that Celtic have got the best striker in Edward. He should be on the pitch every single game. You pay £9 million for him. Yes, he's a young player. Yes, he'll have his ups and downs. But he's a threat. He knows how to play the position and he can get you but, goals. But out of the two, two of the three games Neil Lennon's been in charge, Burke started and Edwards had to come off the bench. So how, how can he be the number one striker? And Brendan Rodgers as well. Mark, in, my, in my opinion, if Edwards fit, I think Burke in that position is brilliant away from home because if teams come out, like say Hibs or Hearts come out, the space in behind absolutely, Burke's pace absolutely kills them. The problem here today was Aberdeen were so well drilled. The minute Celtic got the ball, they dropped so far deep that there was no space for Burke to go and he's not a natural centre forward. Yes, he's played very well up there, I'll give you that. But he's not a natural centre forward. And he, he, you could see him going along the line trying to think, how do I get into that space to use my pace? And it didn't happen for him. I think he's better coming off the wide areas or away from home when teams will come out and have a, mm. a go, then that's when you can use him. You can yeah, that's fair. Gordon, Gordon's cases. talking about that. That's his you know personal take on it. It, it. it looks pretty clear that people at Celtic don't see it see that, that way yeah. because we're talking about you know if... If Edward's fit Edward has played 10 games In 2019 He's fit I mean there's, there's no doubt about you it You could discuss individual cases Gordon However The most surprising thing That Gordon DL And Alison Brought us from Celtic Park Was the story of A flat Celtic A flat bench This was the day When everything Was lying in front of them For them to pick up The Rangers result last night Had created widespread Optimism among the Celtic supporters That today there would be a 10 point gap And one hand would be on the trophy Now Nothing has mm. changed The weekend has not affected Stephen Gerrard Well it has because he's got one less game now yeah, though. So but, you know that, that that You can't ignore that completely It no, could have been worse But they'd now have one less game With the, the gap the same as it was Two games to play against Celtic for Rangers And for me Arithmetically We've still got a conversation in our hands here We still have a conversation Celtic had the chance To end the conversation Today they blew it Tony's on Twitter The problem today was too many square passes Not for the first time this season Missing a bit of magic from 20 yards From a Rogic or a Christie And McGregor has become so vital That's Tony's take on Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's hear from you Maybe you're just coming out of your game Wherever it was Whatever team you support We want to hear from those Who've been at the games And have got something to share with us Thomas is a Rangers fan though Wants to talk about last night Hi Thomas Reason, guys, I'm phoning from a freezing bar head as opposed to 30 degrees Melbourne, where I phoned you from the last <laughs> Oh, you're back. Calling. You're back with a bang. And I can talk with a loud voice. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm phoning about my usual subject, which is the enigma of Alfredo Morelos. And it is, Alfredo has scored 28 goals this season, but he has not scored the big goals. When I'm looking, Rangers could have won the league. I don't, obviously, they won't, despite the, you know, the, the arithmetical. Possibilities. Rangers won't win the league this year, but we could have because we've dropped points against twice against Hibs, Kilmarnock, eh, Aberdeen, Dundee, Livingston. Games we should have won. When he's at six games, we should have won quite easily. In which case, we would have been above Celtic just now. 
And what we are missing just now is an instinctive, natural goal scorer. Alfredo has scored 28 goals this season, but despite that, he's not an instinctive goal scorer and he's not the one that will score the, the goal with his bum for the penalty spot. He's not the one, whether you score for 25 yards or a six-inch screamer that Tom Forsyth scored in a famous cup final, a goal's a goal. You get one goal, no matter how good a goal it is. And what we lack, we'll create chances all day long. We created copious amounts of chances last night and we've done it all season. We're missing that instinctive goal scorer that uh, they can put the ball away. And if Jermaine Defoe is that man that, that, that uh, Stevie Gerrard has thought could be that goal scorer, then after an hour, when we were still only one goal up and one bad refereeing decision, one slip away from gifting an equaliser, then Defoe should have been known to put the game to bed. And if he's not that man, then why is he there? Thomas, how can how can Morelos not be that man though when he's the best goal scorer in the country at the moment? No, he's, he's scored the most goals, but if you think of his goals, he's never, he's never dug us out of a hole with a match-winning goal, a big match-winning goal. His goals are great goals, terrific goals. But I'm thinking of someone like, and I hate to say this, but someone like, when he's fit, obviously, somebody like Lee Griffiths. I would have Lee Griffiths before Moussa Dembele every day of the week because he will get you goals. He'll get you that goal that, that, that just is there at the right time, instinctive. Morelis will run on to score a terrific, he scores terrific goals, but we lack that instinctive, natural goal scorer. That's not what Morelis is and it's not what he brings to the team. And that's what's cost us the league this year, is that... It's not the instinct of Thomas Thomas you need to think about some of the goals In which they've conceded Last night was a perfect example Morelos didn't score Candice did And then when you look at the 6v4 in Rangers favour It's that that's costing them problems They're not defending properly at times Morelos has got a, a wide variation of goals If you look at most recently when he scored 4 He had a couple of tap-ins He had a header he scores for the edge of the box He could score individual goals uh, A take-on point on board that he has got into numerous Positions and he doesn't convert them at times, but you have to have a, a, a few as an example. We just mentioned Celtic a minute ago, Sinclair, Forrest, they have a spread of goals. You know, the midfielders get 10 goals as well, so you have to spread it about the team. It can't be the lone striker, and because he's not getting a, a goal like last mm. night, then that's not the reason why you're losing games. I mean, I, I do, I, I'm trying to get what you're saying, Thomas, about the different types of goals, but how can the guy who scored 28 be the reason that you're not winning the league? How can, how can that be? Believe it or not, I've been critical of Alfredo Morelos this season. And on this occasion, I've not been critical of him. I think he is the type of player he is. But Rangers still lack an instinctive goal scorer, which Alfredo is not. You know, that one, that, that, as I said, the guy that scores off his bum, the guy that's just tapping in for six inches, Alfredo will go, score great goals, a great variety of goals. He's a very skillful player. I have criticised him. But not in this occasion Not for last night Out of 28 goals There must have been Instinctive goals Somewhere along the line And You take away his 28 goals And Rangers will be nowhere near Celtic So I I I just don't know where you're coming from to be honest Thank you to Thomas and Barhead, Gordon DL, Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here We want to hear from you And we're going to start hearing from today's managers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Gordon DL are here to take your calls on the day When Celtic drop points at home for the first time this season And the first uh, domestic game they failed to win in 2019 Big results elsewhere though So let's hear from all of you Come on If you've been at a game 
Get on here And tell us what you made of it I'm expecting Motherwell and Hamilton fans That was a big result At Fir Park So come on Motherwell fans You must be chuffed 0141 Here's what the manager Had to say Performance in the first half, I thought some of our play was excellent, some of our football was, was excellent. It was actually quite difficult conditions, the wind was swirling about, the boy said. Probably don't appreciate it from the stand or from where I was standing, but I thought we dictated play, we were very, very good. I thought Arabi was outstanding today, um, the midfield three were outstanding. Um, so we thoroughly deserved the, the victory. Human nature in the second half, it, it just you do take a, a no matter how hard I'm trying to shout and scream, different than to press and press, and you know, human nature is the, the game's probably won. But um, so that's a lesson for us mentally. As a very very young squad, you can always take something out of every game. Is if mentally you you don't do things right, then you don't play quite as well. So we'll we'll learn and keep moving forward as well. And Jake wasn't phased either with the all the speculation. Didn't no, no, play? that's why I played him. And um, if it's, if it does affect any of the players, not just Jake but anybody or the drop form, we've got people waiting on the bench, desperate to get game time. Um, you know, Elliot come on, he shows what he does in little flashes as well. And he's unfortunate not being the team because he was probably our best player against Hamilton and Ross County. But we've just gone on a very good run. So yeah, they all have to be at it, not just Jake. Every single player in the pitch needs to be at it. Where we're trying to take the football. Yeah, we have. We felt this game was really important. Um, you know, to be going on the back of a good victory, um, to go and try and take the game to Hibs will be a tough game. I went to the game last night. Um, you know, they got a point against Rangers, so they'll be buoyed by that. But we go in with a lot of confidence. If, if our top uh, up front players up front play to the, uh, the ability and the standards they've set in recent weeks, then we've got every chance of winning the game. I mean, Gordon Deal, I know you were at Celtic Park, but your heart would have been at Fir Park, and you must have been delighted with that result. You've no idea, Gordon. I'm absolutely over the moon. Best present ever on a Saturday afternoon. Listen to that. Lanarkshire Derby. We've been to many of them. Sitting there, sometimes good days, bad days. But I'll tell you what, I'll enjoy myself tonight. Hugh Keevans, two points behind Hibs. They play each other at Easter Road next mm. week. That race for the top six is going to be great. Terrific. Uh, Stephen Robinson has done a magnificent job at the club, but never more so than... This present time Because all of these Academy players Who are coming in This is terrific This is what a club Like Muddle Have to do They have to produce them The frustration is That one by one They'll be picked off By other clubs But That's the way of the world What's remarkable About, about the season For Motherwell When they started off How poorly The season at one point look for them yeah, well, you, and people saying that it's, for his job, his job well. aye, and perhaps he should move on and it was only the cup finals that's saving his job look at the job he's done and you know I know the academy's produced the players and Stephen Robinson don't know how much involvement they would have but once he's pa- they're passed on to him he has to have the courage and belief to play them and he has and he's got his rewards yeah absolutely Six wins in the last eight It's a remarkable turnaround Gordon But when you look at it, He spoke about it In his, his post-match there And he was talking about Campbell Gordon Turnbull That nice bit of balance With the front three as well And uh, they just seem like a team As you rightly said At the top of the show They look like a team to me That's actually picking itself The players are on the front foot All the young guys Are kind of making a big big contribution And you can actually see them Going to uh, Hibs next week And getting a really positive result We will be hearing from Neil Lennon very soon And Derek McInnes After that goalless draw At Celtic Park Let's speak to Brian In Moss Park Hi Brian Hi thanks for me Talking about Neil Lennon I just heard about A wee wee snippet that uh, Neil When Neil came in He's back up to Parkhead He just couldn't believe The transformation That Brendan Rodgers Had actually made To the squad To training A number of things and I'm just of the opinion. I think people stopped talking about today that he never came out the dugout at all. He was busy his normal animated self, and I think he's probably been reined back in that. He's more or less just been told to just pick on as it was with Brendan and just to see the season out. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't really want to become amateur 
Body language experts on this stuff because, And I'm not saying Gordon's assessment is, is not the case Paul says I don't know what game Gordon was at Lenny was arguably more animated than Brendan was He lost his voice during the first half Screaming at players the same in the second I sit next to the dugout so I heard the screech Like I say Gordon I can't really be bothered worrying about the body language too much Gordon I'm the same At the end of the day Managers choose Some managers actually You know Sit in the stand For the first half yeah, It doesn't matter What you're doing But I just noticed A little bit of a difference For Neil I thought Neil would have been Out there Standing beside McInnes For the 90 plus minutes If the lad says Screaming at his players Or whatever And let me say He must have been Doing a lot of screaming Because he, he, he must have Been disappointed I'm really interested To hear his presser here To see what he thought Of the game because uh, he must have been disappointed, especially coming back after the two results, coming back for your first home game. A packed uh, uh, parkhead today, good atmosphere, everything was set up, and to go 10 points clear as well of Rangers after Rangers' performance mm, last night, think, it was just a damp squib. Hugh, will it have been a bit of, I mean, listen, the points total comes first, the, the team situation comes first, but I'm sure it will have been a, a frustrating day f- for him. This was, the, this was the homecoming. He had two really tough fixtures on the road, managed to negotiate them. He was Back at Celtic Park in a game which could have put one hand on the yeah. on the title, and it didn't quite go to plan. Twenty four hours ago, Rangers were plunged into darkness with a draw at Easter Road. Now they see a chink of light once again, and you can hear in the voices of the Celtic supporters who have called so far the depth of their frustration. It was all there on a plate for Celtic. They had big hitters. There have been injury problems But there were still big hitters there They still had Burke Weah Odson Edward Sinclair Who scored a plenty of goals this season James Forrest Likewise Scorer of many goals And whatever Celtic tried It did not come off And Gordon DL has told us That Stevie May might have nicked All three points for Aberdeen Late on the sense of anticlimax among the Celtic supporters mm. is overwhelming. Brian, is that the way you see it, an anticlimax? Uh, not at all. You've got to remember, this is Aberdeen. It's not a walkover. You're never, you're never going to say we're going to beat Aberdeen every team we play them. By and large, we normally do. But it's Aberdeen, it's a good, good team. So, no, I'm not disappointed. It's, I think there's still plenty of games to win it. A lot easier games than there's today. So... I like, like Brian says I don't think we should get carried away I mean As a draw Celtic weren't beaten Okay Stevie May might have nicked it But It's still a draw At home And You know The players have had a lot to deal with Since Brendan Rodgers left They've had two very difficult away fixtures So I think it's only natural That there's a, perhaps a wee lull You know Going to places like Easter Road And Tynecastle Takes care of itself In terms of getting the players up for it um, and, and Brian's right It's against Aberdeen Aberdeen were Class to be You know Perhaps in a title race At the turn of the year When the teams were coming back I know they've dropped A long way off it now But Aberdeen on the road Are no mugs They've proved that In the last seven or eight games And they might have won it But Celtic still come away With a point Not a disaster It's just as you were uh, Gordon does that set Aberdeen up for for midweek How does it set them up For midweek at Ibrox Yeah I thought they looked Very well organised Gordon they, Obviously Derek McKenna's Came here with a game plan We all knew that The minute Celtic Got the ball He just put everybody Behind it Closed the space Made it very difficult For Celtic to play Through them And then tried In the second half Open up a little bit And caused a, f- a few Problems themselves The big worry is Obviously Cosgrove Is suspended And Wilson's went off With an ankle injury At half time so I think that'll be a big concern for Derek uh, going into Tuesday. But if you come to Celtic Park with 
all the expectations on Celtic winning this game. We all thought Celtic winning, Neil Lennon's return, you know, Celtic got an opportunity to really put the title race to bed in front of a packed house. Derek McInnes will be absolutely delighted with the point and the performance and the organisation. Neil Lennon's interview is with us, uh, so we're going to edit that up very quickly and give you it as soon as we can. Let's speak to Geoffrey and Giffnock first. Hi, Geoffrey. Hi, good evening. Hello. I was on the phone on Thursday night regarding all the troubles, right? But my main point is about the game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, I think it was your first caller, who's the Rangers or, or whoever he supported, was um, going on about Morales not scoring goals. I mean, you could see last um, last night that he was frustrated. Some of the passing to him was just unbelievable. It was higher than high balls in. You couldn't get to them. Um, and then that instant towards the end of the game, um, it's really, really angered me. And then hearing that Liam Dempster is going to do this and going to do that. Um, in my opinion, if the way things are going just now with the fans, A, they should um, probably have a couple of games behind closed doors. They should be fined. Um, and they, um, uh, that's basically it. But, I mean, I thought it was a great game last night until that idea came onto the pitch and spoiled it. Well, the Hibs have a problem. And uh, Leanne Dempster has owned up to the existence of the problem. And that's always the first step towards a solution. They have a definite problem because a bottle last weekend thrown at Scott Sinclair could have done horrific damage to the player. Now a fan has come on and has confronted a player. Now, it's an old cliche, but it's nevertheless accurate. What if the fan had been carrying something? Heaven forbid, but what if he had been? It could have been horrendous. So Hibs have owned up to the existence of the problem. I think we should stop dealing in platitudes Stop going round in circles about something must be done Well let somebody take a practical step And I think Hibs should start it by closing that particular part of their stand And showing supporters that they just move, People just move elsewhere? No, well, you, exactly. I mean there must be families in there who've perhaps paid for I'm season not saying, tickets I'm not saying and... close the whole stand But they, they clearly... Have a problem area Yeah but when you say Close that corner The people who usually Sit there Won't they just sit Elsewhere and can still Throw stuff for You know I, well, not, not, I don't know what, what is it you're Would those I am looking for A meaningful Practical I know you are But gesture. So I'm talking about The one that you just Suggested What about that section You want it closed What do you do With the people Who usually sit there Well you can re- Relocate them then. So if they're misbehaved Can they ju- misbehave Elsewhere well, you put them on there Or think of the innocent Like I'm saying People who perhaps Chose to sit there well, who, who chose their season ticket Because they don't like being there And they don't want to move What if, about the football point That, that Jeffrey makes Alex About Morelos last night I mean it clearly wasn't His, his finest evening But again it, it wouldn't have been His worst either It no. just didn't Just didn't didn't quite come off for him No he, he had several opportunities uh, The keeper uh, Hibbs keeper Had some decent saves as well Gordon I think if you even go back To last weekend I think he was probably better Last night than he was Against Aberdeen At the weekend For me So you know It, it was a frustrating night for him And uh, he, he tends to have that When he's not getting that Opportunity in front of goals But I think it was a frustrating night For everyone concerned with Rangers Because of the amount of control And for me They have to be more ruthless But going back quickly Just to the point And people saying There has to be things done 
Hibs have actually upgraded their CCTV So that's an action But we're hoping is going to help some things Just to actually identify Hugh So we're just trying to get things To you know, go in the right direction Here are the thoughts The post-match thoughts of Neil Lennon Celtic dropping points at home For the first time this season Perhaps a bit of a missed opportunity To really strengthen their grip on the title Listen to Neil Lennon And let us know what you think A little bit flat A little bit leggy But I understand that You know I don't think the time to Adjust last week and the games went bump bump, but just there's always going to be a little bit of a low, and you could just see that. And I think it's more psychological than anything else. You know, we just we just like that little bit of pizzazz in the final third. But we've had three really difficult games to negotiate in ten days, so we've come out of it unscathed. And um, you know, we'll get them together again, give them a couple of days rest, and then move forward. Analyze maybe what things we could have done better. But just physically, they just looked a little bit off it today, and I understand that. Did you think that might always come, given yes. what's happened in the last Yes, absolutely. Weeks? It's just a natural, you've got that adrenaline rush for a couple of days, and then there's always going to be a bit of a lull afterwards. So we take the point, still unbeaten since the turn of the year. Could have been better, no question of that, but um, the, these players are giving me everything. And some of them are unknown fumes. You know, we've got a lot of squads decimated at the minute with injuries, and hopefully we'll get a few more bodies back quality players to add to what we already have. Yeah, you would, any team would miss those players, you know, that's like you know what you know, top class midfield and top class midfield players. But Brownie and Beaton have done absolutely fine. We just like that little bit of creativity. Our our final ball was just a little bit lacking or our final cross and we didn't work Julius well enough. But you gotta give Aberdeen credit as well, you know, they're tough not to crack sometimes. Absolutely, Gordon. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No perspective, of course. Uh. They're, they're human beings, they're not robots, and I totally understand that. And they've been in there afterwards, and you know, again, thank them for their performance. They give everything, but psychologically, you just see that they dropped a little bit. There's no question. That's fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. What do you make of that on the phones? What do you make of it, Hugh Keevans? I think it's a an, a manager's appraisal. Um, we don't appreciate sometimes uh, what players are going through in terms of their uh, mindset. When uh, a manager as big as Brendan Rodgers suddenly decides to move elsewhere, and uh, I respect Neil Lennon's uh, summary of the situation that uh, the adrenaline rush took them through Tynecastle and then Easter Road. Uh, it's an odd time to have a lull. But lull it was today. Gordon Deal. Um, I do agree with him that it was flat. I do agree with him that you've got to give credit to Aberdeen. I'm just a little bit surprised, especially the, I know he's got injuries and he mentioned injuries Neil there, but he's still got a £9 million striker on the bench. He's got good options on the bench. He's got good players on the pitch. You're, you're, it's not like you're away from home playing in front of 2,000 people and you're a bit flat and you know, you've had a couple of hard games. There was a packed house in here. It was Neil's return. I was I must admit I was expecting a lot more from Celtic. But you have off days and Celtic have had one of those. But credit must go to Aberdeen as well because I thought they were well organised. More calls and more post match reaction coming next. Twenty five thousand one hundred and nineteen pounds and forty five pounds. You're the biggest winner ever. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's £27,018.83. You have won! <laughs> I mean, this is not a dream. The Cash Register. Win big cash every day. The Cash Register.
Webster is back. Monday morning at 8. Clyde One. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon Diel, Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Alex Ray still here, still waiting to take your calls. We just heard from Neil Lennon. Uh, Paul McQueen is not quite agreeing on Twitter. He says, running on fumes, they had a three-week break in January and we had a full week to prepare for this game. Then he puts a wee sweary word in just to underline the fact that he doesn't agree. Let's get the post-match thoughts of Gary Caldwell. Huge victory for Partick mm-hmm. Thistle this afternoon. A brilliant three points. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, first half scored a great goal. Thought we played well without really... Uh, causing them too many problems uh, but we were very comfortable in the game second half as it wore on we started to get deeper uh, more edgy and I, and I spoke to the players and whilst we've won we have to learn that you know in those pressure moments we still have to be composed and, and have good decision making and uh, learn from that experience of the second half but in terms of character in terms of Desire to, to win a big football match. They were they were outstanding, uh, and then at the end the two strikers caused them all sorts of problems on, on the counter attack. We needed an outlet, and and they gave us that and scored a fantastic goal. Could have probably scored more. So delighted with the result, and uh, like I said, hopefully we learn a lesson from it as well that that we can improve from that. Yeah, it was one one nil ahead. Do you reckon you should have had a penalty with Scott McDonald's run out? I get in trouble when I talk about refs, uh, <laughs> so I'll let everyone that was here make their own uh, decision. But I, I felt it, it was possibly a penalty, but then so so could they have had a penalty. Clearly a big result, but how big, Andy Indram Chapel? A massive result, guys. Massive. Uh, I was at the game today, um, and I have to say uh, I've been on the floor. Um, obviously, I said I didn't think Gary Caldwell was was the man for the job when he's appointed, but. For me, it's a 180 turn. Um, you've seen us come on leaps and bounds. Signings in January. Um, well, you see the difference they're making in the team. Uh, we're a lot more organised. Uh, and I think we I think we went with 3-3 today. And you saw a difference on the park. We were getting it. You know, see a, lot, you know, a lot attacking down uh, predominantly the right wing. Um, but, you know, we, we could have went on and won that game 3-4. Um, one, I think. Um, I think we had the more chances. Um and, and there's no so much panic in, in the stands now see, when, when they were getting attacked. With the lad Anderson there in the back, you know, it's a lot more confident and moping up in the defence. You know, where there's not that panic or on your edge where it used to be where you thought as soon as a team was coming at us, maybe they'd be, you know, they'd be scoring. So, great result today. Just want to say well done to Gary and, and, and the team. Um, honestly, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing today. Gone quite bizarre at the bottom. Four points separating four teams Queen of the South dropping like a stone They are really in this conversation about who goes down Partick Thistle rise above Aloha Get off the bottom Falkirk are in there as well So you get four teams And unless Morton are careful There's still time for them to get sucked into it It's that wonderful contradiction Where it's really exciting But in a negative way <laughs> Because you've got a four-way yeah. Race here to see who stays up uh, So They can't be pleased about being in the bottom four mm. But it's exciting Hugh, When you look at the, 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 the form of Patrick Thistle, six wins in the last nine Gordon, 
You look at Falkirk recently as well In their last eight Four wins, four draws So they too look as if they're going in the right direction Whereas as Hugh says Queen of the South are starting to plummet Andy, it seems today though A nice mix You talk about you know the experienced goal scorer In Scott McDonald You've got the experienced guy at the back Shoring up in Stephen Anderson And then the match winner Is young Aidan Fitzpatrick A player that's exciting A lot of the Thistle fans And is attracting interest from elsewhere He's a fantastic player. The other thing I would say there is just about, you know, Fitzpatrick didn't start today. I have to say, when I got my programme and when they read the team out, I was a bit surprised by that. But it just goes to show, you know, how wrong some of, myself included, some of us were when we called was appointed, is that he was able to make those substitutions today when it looked as if United was getting into the match. And, and it turned around, Fitzpatrick came on and, and fresh, fresh set of legs, gives us an outlet, and of course, goes the winning goal. So, uh, what can I say? You know, uh, you're right. We're going in the right direction. Um, I, I think we should be higher up the table um, than we are. Um, dropped a couple of uh, points in the last couple of games there, but you know, we've had a one-one against Hearts, and we're going for a replay and two-one against United. Yeah, that's a big scalp to take. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we can finish maybe seven, six, and then hopefully jump on next season. But I don't want to speak too soon, you know, still a few games to go. But, but I, I'm optimistic. Yep, certainly a big result today for Partick Thistle beating Dundee United at home. And it's, it's twofold because that's seriously dense Dundee United. It looks like Ross County could have that one uh, wrapped up. Let's continue looking back on events at Celtic Park. Gordon Dale's still there. Here are the thoughts of Derek McInnes. don't know if we were a better team. Um, I think we were... Uh... I thought we were comfortable in the game in terms of our defensive work was so good. Um, we spoke about... At the start of the game, the, the, the initial game plan was to try and have enough speed behind Sam Cosgrove because I, I do feel when you come here, um, you can. Uh, I think you've got to have a way of playing when you win the ball and you've got to be able to pass and, and go and cause Celtic problems and make them think twice about putting body, uh, bodies forward. And we didn't get enough from our attacking sense in the first half. I was a bit um, frustrated at half-time when we spoke about that. But defensively, I thought we were very sound. I can't even remember too many opportunities for Celtic first half. Second half, Edward gets away from McKenna uh, once in the game, and sometimes that's enough. Um, and Joe Lewis made a, a fantastic save, but other than that, I can't even remember um, Joe having too much to do other than crosses. And, um, so I thought defensively we carried on the good work from the first half, and I, I was really pleased with the amount of the diligence, the work rate, the determination, 1v1 situations was very good. William's a Celtic fan on the line. Where did it go wrong from your perspective today, William? Hello, good evening, guys. Uh, I think it was a frustrating day today. I think uh, Aberdeen obviously set out their stall. They came for a they came for a draw and they got a draw. I thought they played, Aberdeen played better in the second half and it was a mere even game. I thought I thought between uh, when Buck and and Mikey Johnson came on. I thought it went to, it went to Buck too many times. I, I thought Mikey Johnson had to beat in the ball, and it showed that in the last five minutes when they got in behind and the the ball went across the face of the goal. So it was a frustrating day, but it's as you say, Gordon. There's there was ten games left. Now there's only nine games, and it's still eight points. Mm-hmm. So for me, for me, it's the it's still it's still a, a, a satisfactory day, you know, even though we didn't get the win. At Gordon uh, Dale. I, di- I disagree with Gordon a wee bit I don't think it was a damp squid I thought the second half was a wee bit better uh, I think Aberdeen are quite strong Doing the left hand side With Lowe and the boy uh, I can't remember the oh, boy's McLennan. name McLennan 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 aye I thought, I thought, they, I thought they're quite strong Doing the left hand side But I don't think Tierney's I think Tierney's still at 
maybe 70-80%. I don't think he's in full flow yet. So, And there's definitely, definitely we're, we're missing uh, McGregor and Nuncham and Rogic for a wee bit of extra creativity. So I agree with Neil Lennon when he, he talked about lack of creativity. Yeah, Gordon, because let's, I mean, we know Celtic have got a great, you know, a large squad. They've got some very good players. So you don't expect too much sympathy when, when they have injuries. However, in that, Area of the pitch I suppose these are the guys That tend to come into Their own on days like this Yeah they're a big game players um, You know McGregor Who's been absolutely terrific Tom Rogic I keep saying On his form On his day Is probably the best midfielder Young Henderson Played in that position And I thought he struggled uh, In the first half And he was not the only one It was just the fact That Derek McInnes Said there in his interview They came with a game plan They weren't letting Any space at all For Celtic to play through them they really drop deep. They get people behind the ball. They made it very difficult. And they really killed the game. And as the caller said there, he disagrees with me a little bit. It couldn't get any worse. Uh, it had to get a little bit better. Yes, it got a little bit better. I thought Mikey Johnston, I thought he was totally right what he said. I was a wee bit surprised they didn't give him more of the ball because Burke was non-existent today. Uh, and Burke is a good player, but he just had one of those off days. But Mikey Johnston did have the beating the ball, but didn't get enough of it. He went by him one time, and he just went by him like he wasn't even there. Put a ball across, I think it was Edward that got in front, a touch, and the ball's in the back of the net. And you're thinking, well, give him the ball. He's a guy that is going to create something. But it just didn't happen. It wasn't... Neil Lennon said it, and he, 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 he summed it up brilliantly. It was flat. It was definitely flat. Aberdeen will go away the happiest. A point here, taking a lot of confidence into uh, Tuesday night against Rangers. Yeah. The, the the one thing that intrigues me, why is it flat? Last night, Rangers, in their own minds, had given up on the title. And today, they see a chink of light again. But the Celtics should have started that game today on fire. Thank you to William McCray again Thanks to Gordon DL At Celtic Park As well Time is upon us already What a fast afternoon That's been Thank you Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson and Alex Ray For keeping us company And the top team All around the grounds As well It was a big day Goalless between Celtic and Aberdeen Motherwell 3 Hamilton 0 Dundee 0 Hearts 1 Livy 3 St Johnston 1 In the top flight In our featured championship game Partick Thistle 2 Dundee United 1 A massive result In that division as well Get your weekend started in style Next GBX is up And we are back on Monday night From 6 o'clock Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray will be here And we'll go over all the weekend's big talking points GBX is up next though Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.